0: You can laugh over it. Okay. Get closer on that mic. All right. Or you can pull that towards you if you want. Whatever's comfortable for your position. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Awkward High Five Podcast. My name is Devin and... I'm Stephanie. Oh, and Stephanie <laughs> is with us tonight. Filling. Thank you for filling in. Stephanie, let me say to you that you are officially... Um, hang on for a second. I'm all over the place. You are officially... The first uh, Awkward High Five guest host ever.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, thank you for filling in on um, such short notice, as it were. Anytime. Okay. Good. You
1: like to put the pressure on me, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I like to do. It's fine.
0: So uh, – so um I guess i got to explain what's going on in in RTG land real quick. And I don't know how much –
1: Everyone's in a state of panic right now because they're like, why (laughs) is Richie not on this? Why is Stephanie there? What is she going to tell us? It's going to be bad. Yeah, yeah,
0: no. (laughs) See, that's – see, that exactly what you're talking about (laughs) is exactly the thing because – He puts me in these positions where I have to put things on our social media accounts and whatever, whatever the ways that I can communicate to our listeners, and I say these things like, uh, like for this week, you know, Richie's dealing with a death in a family, which is true, but because of what the listeners of the show know about Richie and could probably, because they're all I'm sure intelligent people, can deduce is. Like, at what is that really what's going on? It, like, I'm sure people read into it as a much worse thing because yeah. if if the co-host of a podca- podcast isn't going to be around for a week and he has and he struggles with the things that Richie struggles with, yeah. I'm,
1: or oh, how does the death in that guy's family impact him? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> that can't go over well.
0: So, so I, I don't, I, you know, I. It's it's uh, I don't want to talk on his behalf. No. He'll be back on Tuesday, and he could tell his story about what happened if he wants to. But I guess basically what I could say is that uh, it, it wasn't a death in his family, but it was a death in um, basically the house that he's been living in and somebody that's very close to him. And it's more about him having to take care of people that are very close to him than it is actually him dealing with it. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah. And uh, he texts me on Sunday. His and
1: extended family. Basically. Right,
0: right, yeah. right. And he texted me on Sunday, and he was like, "I'm going to be out for the, I'm going to be out of commission for the week," and uh, and then so the Tuesday show was shot, and then I was like, "I'm not going to abandon the Friday show," so then I asked you, and you're nice enough to come in. Um, so the one the one worry that I had with this though, and I and I expressed this concern with him, was I said, "Dude, like, please don't fall off the fucking rails, yeah, yeah, because of this situation." And, uh, again, I don't want to speak out of turn. It's not my place. It's never been my place on this podcast to, uh, to really like, uh, express my feelings towards this situation. It's more to just let him talk about it, Mm -hmm. but so I'm not going to really, I don't want to divulge too much about what's going on, but what I can say is that I saw Richie today and, uh he would probably be better off here doing the podcast with me right now than whatever situation he's in right right now. Than the
1: idle time and dealing with other people's emotions and And, trying to do what you got to do to numb that and deal with it.
0: Right. And, and yeah, and yeah, right, exactly. And, and, uh, so I, so he'll be back on Tuesday. He could give the whole account of it. It's actually a pretty insane fucking story all around and, and hopefully he'll want to talk about it, but that's his business. I don't want to, uh, to put that out there as much, but, that's what's going on. It wasn't a fake excuse. Richie isn't in, in rehab. He isn't, uh, as of yet, in rehab. He's not He's not in the gutter someplace. He didn't overdose or on all the other that, things.
1: That, I have to say, is like the one thing when I listen to the podcast and I hear Richie talk about rehab um, or the reasons why he's not going to go into rehab or... What? And I'm like, man, why couldn't I have been here for that episode? Yeah. (laughs) So I (laughs) talked to him about it. And why can't I get that kid when he's not in the podcast room? But
0: Well, you can't. I I can't either. You know, know, I've I've spent a little extra time with him in the last week or two because he's been helping me out with making some money. And uh it's it's been it's it's weird because for the past seven months or eight months or however long we've been doing this podcast, I've really only seen him. Sands a couple like Parties or something But I've really only seen him here In this chair You know But uh, Recently I've been seeing A little bit more of him And I I don't know I I, I don't know
1: (laughs) But here's the thing thing.
0: Yeah you can't You're not going to be able To talk to him That's the problem No I know You know And I get feedback All the time Where people uh, I get two things about Richie And and all the feedback's about Richie And as it should be I mean you know But uh, It's either It's either You know Richie's on the right road I'm pulling for him Or it's He's the most frustrating human in the world. It's just over and over and over again. And let me tell you something: for the latter of those two, I fucking concur. Yeah, there is nothing more frustrating. And now I'm not. This is not a slam on Richie. He's my best friend. It, you know, yeah, this
1: is nothing that you haven't said to him here.
0: Exactly. There is nothing more frustrating than dealing with somebody that's in the throes of a heroin addiction. Yeah. because they're like two different people. Yeah, it's like doctor or any
1: addiction. I right, they all mimic one another. Right, it's right.
0: Just- yes. Exactly. Certain
1: things that are present in all of them everywhere. And that's why I think you're worried about how this death in the family or someone close to him, how that can manifest into many different excuses and reasons and things. Because at the end of the day, you're going to get high whether you had a good day or a bad day. Right. It's just a better excuse to get high when you had a bad day.
0: Right. Exactly. And and it's true. And uh, and I know it from my – again – I always relate to his his addiction on an like an alcoholic level because I guess that's really the only way the only way I could relate. And uh, but it's but I know the times in my life where I have like something has hit me really hard, uh, something really depressing depressing happened or whatever. I've I, there's this feeling, and I think I've discussed this before on here, but I don't know. There's this feeling where. I, I you know, I decide that I'm going to drink this away. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's an actual like kind of pleasure I get. It's almost like, okay, here's a real deal excuse to just become really yeah, fucked yeah, up. Yeah. And yeah. then in a way that's kind of like a, a warm, like happy feeling. Yeah. Even though you're dealing with something horrible. Yeah. You're still like, all right, I have this reason to get this fucked well, up. That's
1: like what happy hour Friday happy hours are pretty much based on. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. one's really happy about like you're like my shitty week is Over and I'm gonna go out and slam back some sugary alcoholic beverages, right? Eat a bunch of crap and then feel bad about it tomorrow, (laughs) like. And then it's not really—it's a happy hour celebration. It's you know de-stressing, and that's yeah, right, right, fine for most people. Yeah, yeah.
0: I get. I guess it's just like I don't know. You know, like gr- gr- like growing up listening to like Tom Waits or something like that. Like whenever I have the excuse <laughs> to be like the the depressing drunk at the yeah, bar, yeah. It, it, even though I'm upset about something horrible that's happened, some sort of loss or something like yeah. that, I'm still kind of have this thing where I'm like,
1: uh, I had a really rough day.
0: This is yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: yes. Like oh, okay, no one gives a shit about your rough day.
0: So if you take that and then you expand it to the point where you're you're addicted to it, to a, like literally physically addicted to a substance, yeah. that has to give you carte blanche to to kind of kinda go nuts, and yeah. that 's what I was very worried about yeah and I, and i can 't confirm or deny the fact that that has happened, yeah. but
1: uh, but it also gives the people around you the same effect like i 'm seeing a client right now who has a family member who 's an addict and I'll say to them, you know, are you going to confront them about this or that? And they say no, because what if they go out and use? And like when I take them to the end of it, it's that you're afraid you're going to kill that person because you confronted them. Right. But they're going to go get high regardless. Right. Your excuse of that day. And so it's like the whole family is also expecting. Right. Like how you're expecting whether you know or not what Richie's up to. Mm -hmm. um, You're expecting that what he's up to is. Yeah. Not good. Right. So it's everybody's kind of giving him that pass also. Right. If that makes any sense.
0: Right. It, which is, it, it It puts you in a weird spot. Do me yeah, a favor. Move really your weird. move your microphone just here. Let me do it for you. Sorry okay. About it. So we get a little, it's just so we hear your beautiful voice. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> let me get i'm gonna to get to my point in a second but you did this podcast before you were nice enough to evaluate me and richie if anyone listened to that episode and you came in and you told us how nuts we are and i appreciate it. i think about that every day of my life
1: oh well that makes me feel worse but
0: thanks no i do and i, I like it it's actually it's uh, that information that you gave me that day now i'm only speaking for myself because Richie, I don't think it it touched him at all. Right, right. But, but I think about it all the time, it, even in it, it, it impacts my life in a positive way. Good. It so, was useful. But uh, before that episode, your main worry was your my voice. Your voice. <laughs> and then you, you pulled the biggest 180 in podcast history when you listened to the episode and you texted me and you said, I love my voice. I sound
1: amazing. <laughs> Why don't I sound like that in my head? I was like... Of course people listen to me talk all the time. It's so a beautiful sound.
0: that makes you the first person in <laughs> the history of the world that likes the way that their voice sounds yes. outside of their head besides and inside of their head. I
1: have to say, after that podcast, I went to dinner with uh, one of my college roommates, and she's a talent agent. And she was <laughs> saying to me, I was just talking because, you know, I talk nonstop. Yes. And she was like, you know, did you ever think about doing voiceover work? And I was like you
0: should say <laughs> and see? she
1: was like you know have you got a tape together and i was like wow the world is not ready for this but who knew all of a sudden i found this new whole new voice yes yeah, in my awful voice but
0: whatever well no you have a great voice <laughs> and you're... someone
1: told me i sounded like the dog from that new movie with all the dogs
0: <laughs> secret life of pets yeah. i'm like really looking forward to seeing that. yeah
1: now can we go yes because i need to hear this yes uh, the I play soccer. One of the refs stopped me mid-game and was like, I just have been waiting to see you to tell you that. You sound exactly like the dog in this movie.
0: Who's the dog? Do you know who the actress is? I
1: said, Because I know Jenny
0: Slate's in there.
1: Well, oh, you know what? It might be Jenny Slate. I said, who? And he goes, oh, you'll know when you hear
0: it. I'm not not picking up a Jenny Slate. I don't
1: think that that's a compliment, (laughs) sir. And he's like, you'll just know when you hear it. She's the, she's the boss dog. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. All right. So now I need to see this movie. Okay, or my dog voice.
0: What other people need to know is that there is. Oh, should I pull this up? <laughs> what <laughs> the commercial? Oh, the Fisher
1: <laughs> Price. Oh man,
0: I don't know if I could find oh. it. Let me see. But, but let me let me see I if I can find it. Need a
1: boner it. right now. I do. I know,
0: but this is a spectacular, <laughs> a spectacular thing that's going on. I
1: mean, I feel like. What I, is the
0: commercial? It's. <laughs>
1: You're really going to make me say it. You did that on purpose. Yes. <laughs> it's Fisher Price. <laughs>
0: yeah, but for what toy?
1: It's just Fisher Price in general.
0: Oh, man. I'm not going to be able to find a thing because I don't know. Thank what... God. All right. Anyway. Well, there, there is...
1: Anyone with kids right now is like, oh, my God, that's it.
0: For people need to know that there is a commercial, a Fisher Price commercial out there where the woman sounds it's it's uncanny the, how and we've done it a million times where we'll play it and you you just it's you <laughs> whoever this person is is has the exact same voice as you. Well,
1: when our friend sent that clip to us, um, actually my friend sent that clip to me at like seven o'clock in the morning one day and couldn't stop laughing at me. But <laughs> it really, I was like, oh my god, maybe that's why. I work with kids, right? I work with abused and neglected kids, and everyone always says, "Like, how do these kids tell you all this stuff?" And now I'm like, subconsciously, <laughs> they're like, "That's the chick who has that toy I want." So I now I'm like, I get it. They think I'm Fisher Price, and they're like, if I tell her all my secrets, I'm
0: gonna get, I'm gonna get that, that toy truck
1: toy when I leave that office, and I'm like. <laughs> Now I really, it's all making sense to me. I must have a soothing voice because that's a voice that they hear all day.
0: You have a soothing voice. When I'm going you that. Put them,
1: put them in front of the TV.
0: I like your voice. You like your voice. The podcasting world likes your voice. Fisher Price obviously likes your voice because they picked that chick up.
1: I know, but I need to capitalize on that.
0: We need to get your agent friend going. Yeah, You yeah. need to get your agent friend to talk to me because I want to do voiceover shit. Oh,
1: you're the third person now that <laughs> when I've said someone, no one has ever come up to me and been like, oh my God, we need to do something with that voice. And you're the third person who, <laughs> out of my narcissistic friends, said when I said someone wants me to be a voiceover, they're like, can you get her to get me to be one too? I'm like,
0: no one asked you. She asked me. Yeah, but how many of those friends actually do stuff with their voice? Because I... The only, You're the
1: only one. Yes.
0: I, I only get one compliment on this show, and rightfully so. <laughs> I only get one compliment from feedback for the most part, it, is, that, is that I have... People say, you I don't believe nice it, voice. that I have a good voice no, for radio.
1: Don't. The other one is our friend who discovered the Fisher-Price commercial, Shocker. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was like, oh, I should also do voiceover work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no one asks you. They asked me to do it. Right.
0: Yeah, so well, you're in that ship now. Okay. Well, there's there's a there's a good eighty episodes of dev work <laughs> that you can pass yeah. over here. I could put together a tape real quick. It'll be me yelling at Richie. <laughs> yeah. Like, you never show up on time. You're, you're just gonna fucked only
1: up. get angry like cartoon characters.
0: <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> be like, I could do I, I just want to be like the gruff cop and uh.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like it, I'll be a dog. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Fuck Whatever. yeah. I'll if Jenny Fisher Slate's Price. a
0: fucking dog. I'll do anything Jenny Slate does. I'm in love with that chick. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't know how we even got on this, but I, I guess know. I guess uh, I had some point to make about Richie and his addiction again. But you know, we don't need to keep going with that. I, I think what I was going to say was that it's hard. It's it's a hard um, line to toe between trying to help somebody and enabling them. Oh yeah. And uh, the closer. You know, when we first started doing this podcast, the, the whole thing with me and Richie was that we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And not only did I want to do an entertaining podcast, but I also wanted to kind of start getting to know my best friend that I've known since kindergarten again. Yeah. And and now that's happening and, we're, and our lives are becoming more entwined in the way that it used to be.
1: Yeah. Do you think you're falling back into the way it used to be where it's kind of like a – Maybe like a codependent thing. It, it,
0: right. I worry about that. Yeah. You know, like I, I do. I, I, I do worry about that. Because we've been like that our whole life. It's
1: always been Richie and Devin. Like, right. You know, yeah. growing up with you guys, like I know that there was never a party that I went to where you weren't both at. Right. I mean, I only knew Richie solo because he dated a friend of mine growing up. Right. And um and then they were just the so one in- like he never I've never seen him attached to somebody not attached to somebody. Right, right. Really. Yeah. So, um but yeah, it was always you guys together and now and then
0: It still happens to me. I'll go I'll go to uh now that I'm back around the hometown area and stuff, I'll I'll be out at a bar with a friend. Or or I'll go to a party with a friend or whatever, and I'll see somebody that I haven't seen in a long time, and I'm it, it like, always yeah. takes about five minutes, and they go, "Where's Richie?" Yeah, like like he's you know it's the it, it's it's yeah. it, it's weird the way that fucking works. So yeah, I don't know. I I guess what I'm saying is that you know we all want the best for the kid. Yeah, and 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 I think that people that listen to this podcast know like how funny and talented and and uh, and smart he is and everything. But he's just dealing with a really bad demon right now, and yeah. and, and and it's it's hard for me to like. I want to give him this forum, but then I also want to strangle him, and I also want to just take him and throw him someplace where he can't do anything for fucking a month, and then, yeah. you know, like it's he, all these like, emotions. None of that
1: matters, and yeah. he says none of that matters. It and doesn't. You no, know right. none of that matters. And, right. I mean, I think that it. Um, this podcast, I would think. I hope could help people that are so many people have friends or loved ones or whatever who are struggling with addiction. And I think that it's a really real look into that. And I think that, you know, Richie's really brave for being as honest as he is, even when he's being dishonest, (laughs) he's being honest and he calls himself out a lot and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, rats himself out even if he doesn't call himself out. And I think that it's a, you know, it's a good forum to hear. I I think in the beginning when you guys started, you had one episode and you both talked about suicide and mm-hmm. sui- suicidal ideation and just fleeting thoughts. And um, from a mental health standpoint, I thought that that was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I it's really hard for people to talk about that, although a lot of people have had those thoughts. And right. I was like, wow, these guys are really, like, putting it all out there. And so I hope that the people that don't know you mm-hmm. – like, hear that and think, like, wow, that's a really honest way to look at life.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean. It's th- cool. That's the whole point. Yeah. And 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 I even said that to Richie in the beginning. I was like, look, we're going to do this. But you have to be completely honest about, yeah. you know, everything, you know. And in and, in and, 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 and his defense, he has been for the most part, you know like obviously he's not going to bring up like certain legal things that he can't yeah, talk yeah. about and shit like that but but for somebody i, I do give him credit for being that t- t- like exemplifying being that far into an addiction and being able to talk about it and yeah. you know and yeah i remember that suicide episode that was like the fourth episode yeah, and we are sitting really there yeah really early on yeah front- and i
1: made my coworkers listen to it it's like listen right. to this like it was really cool to hear like we know i talk to people every day that think about suicide or whatever, even if they don't say it to me, that test I give them, they endorse it on there. And then I can can ask them about it. But it's just like people are afraid to talk about it. And it was a really cool thing to hear an open dialogue about that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I hope that that gets people thinking like, yeah, I could talk about this.
0: And and, you know, it's it's weird, because the the thing that I've realized from doing the show now for this long, is that the shit that you feel like like might be the most out there that you don't you sh- maybe shouldn't maybe it's a little like weird to talk about yeah. and stuff like like thinking about killing yourself or something that always ends up being the thing that the most people relate, relate to, to of course. because the, it's it's common subjects that everybody deals with just nobody talks about right. it out loud you know and and so if everybody you know that you, you know like I don't think that there's ever been a person in this world that probably hasn't at least entertained the thought of I don't want to live anymore, you know, and and uh, and it's a scary thing. Right, and or
1: even like the smaller part of it, like oh, people would be better off if I wasn't here, or what would it be like if I wasn't here? Right? Like, yeah. Things like that.
0: Anything like that? Yeah. Right. So you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I I just think it's a it's a good discussion to have. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. Anyway,
1: it's a Friday. We don't need to talk about no. Nah, it's
0: fine. We're drinking a couple beers. We're having fun. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to get suicide. Happy though. hour so yeah at eleven thirty at night
1: well i had a happy hour first all right, yeah all right
0: so um so for people who don't know you or having to listened to the to, to the last episode you are say what you do again because all right let me let me say this i i um you are the only friend i have and i and at the risk of offending any of my friends <laughs> you're the only friend i have whose line of work is interesting to me
1: oh uh, really
0: yeah like anybody else could tell me about their fucking account that they're doing or this sale that they made or this fucking shit that they built yeah, or whatever yeah. and i 'm like okay that's cool if they're happy about it i 'm happy about it <laughs> but but when you talk about your work i 'm literally fascinated yeah, by yeah. It because yeah I've, I've i i've been've i've been like reevaluating reevaluating my life lately and 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 doing these things and and uh and, and like trying to figure out what direction I want to go into as far at least monetarily and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm really starting to regret not getting into, like, a psychological path as a career. I really yeah. am.
1: I mean, monetarily, it's not very rewarding. Oh, but, but yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. all right. I don't give a shit about but that. But it's interesting. Like, I feel like – I was just saying this the other day. Like, I really love my job every day. And I've been working where I work now for uh, nine years. Mm-hmm. And um, every day is different. And it's interesting. And yeah. it's um, it's cool. It's- and I, it's Interesting to talk about.
0: So basically, your job is uh, you, you. Uh, I, I mean, so you evaluate people that are, it's not just people that have committed crimes, right?
1: Right. So I, I'm a forensic team leader is my title, but mm-hmm. um, so I do forensic evaluations on all different types of people, mostly people involved with child protective services, but um, I also do them for the court or um danger to self for others or criminal or whatever. So um or I just had a really interesting one that was like a private some guy who's like out working for an NGO and they thought he was weird. So they sent him what's to an, me. what's an NGO? Uh like a non government organization. Okay. So like out in another country and they sent him to me to be like, hey we can't figure this guy out. Maybe you can. And uh so I got to give him all these really cool tests. Like even cooler than the ones I did with you guys. Even cooler. Even cooler. I want those tests. So cool. And uh, it was just so much fun. It was fun to like get something a little different like that. But um,
0: yeah, I I just the line of work is very interesting. Like I always if I'm at a party or I'm meeting new people, I always end up like asking them a lot of questions and, Um, and and not. That's
1: why I usually tell people that I just met. I work in a bank.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and my name is Veronica. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know. I get Yes. <laughs> because it's like sometimes I'm just it's Friday night and I'm off and I don't yeah. want to. Like whenever I tell people what I do, they're like, "Oh my god, can you analyze me? Can you do this? Can yeah. you talk about that? Oh, right. it's so cool!" And I'm like, oh, "I work for TD," and right. then like no one asks you any other questions yeah, everyone's like, "Cool. Oh, thanks. cool. What's the interest rate?" And uh, then they walk away. So
0: yeah no i I, yeah i get that but for me it's uh, like i think that's like part of my nature where when i meet people i don't want to make small talk i want to like know what makes them tick well and that's what i'm
1: doing at all times yeah
0: well you said you said that to me before that that you you are are constantly evaluating people and i can understand how you would be because it's just ingrained in your it's just what you do it's
1: just second nature to me i mean it's just like it's like any other job. You, I, My whole job is talking to people. That's all I do is I interview them for an hour, two hours, and it's my job to figure out when they're lying, when they're telling the truth, what's going on. And so I always say to my friends or like people I've dated or whatever, and I know when you're lying 90% of the time. <laughs> 10, 50% of the time, I don't give a shit. Like, yes. I'm just going to let it go. Right. But I always know. So like, just know, I always know, like, it's just my job to pick up the subtleties to pick up the little things. And it's just whenever and I'm really good with the antisocials. So like, whenever I interview the antisocials, like they'll sometimes stop and just be like, Oh, you're good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I know, keep talking. And they're like, you know, it's just
0: it's see, that's it's hard
1: to be friends with people sometimes.
0: I want that ability, though. That's fascinating to me. I want to be able to do that. I've been I've been reading I, I, I I've been reading a lot about it I've really I've I, I for years now I just uh, like almost all the books I read are some sort of psychology Yeah yeah whether it's Young or 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 Freud or it doesn't matter like yeah. uh, you know like I, I'll, I well
1: those are the two Yeah those are the two I mean that's it
0: and uh, can you can you actually like like do you have to be one or the other because I kind of feel like both are cool
1: You know they had a lot of similarities I think where they differed was and without like getting really boring or psychoanalytical was that Young thought that there was more like creativity with our subconscious. Right. And Freud thought everything kind of went back to like sex and like um, repression. Right. And Young was like, well, maybe it's not repression. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's your wanting to do something creative with that. Right. So that's where they kind of uh, split. But prior to that, everything else they thought was pretty much similar.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got it. It's it's. It, I don't know. It's beyond fascinating to me. We yeah. don't have to talk about your job the whole time, but I just wanted. <laughs> no. I just wanted to bring that up. I, I'm jealous. Well, I you, was
1: saying to you when I came in, and without like disclosing too much about like yeah, you right. know people because I that's yeah, unethical, can't. right? But I had a day. I mean, <laughs> my day today started <laughs> out with I'm seeing this kid, and I got a call from a friend, a, a colleague, who said, "Can you please see this kid? Because they're really difficult, but I think you'll be good with them." So, um. I'm good with the adolescents. I think I just have that kind of like, you know, I don't give, I don't, I'm not going to play into that. Like, you got a shitty life. I get it, but let's move on. So I, right. I'm good with those kids. So,
0: well, you, tr- you probably treat them with respect.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to ask them like a line of questions. Mm-hmm. I just kind of talk and to them. And you're also,
0: you're also like a young, attractive girl. So you're not, you're not oh, like. Well, no problem. So you're so you're not like uh like some like like boarding school fucking yeah, prude of yeah, a yeah. woman or an old bald guy like in a suit that's sweating yeah. and like bearing down on him. Like you, know, you like, make it comfortable for them. Yeah,
1: if they curse to me, like the girl t- the person to was like, Oh, I I keep cursing, I'm so ghetto. I'm like, You can curse all the fuck you want. Like I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just typing what you say. So like if they curse at me or say something to me in a curse and I tell them I'm typing what you say, I repeat it back to them and I say the curse word. And then right. they're always like Right. I'm like, well, I'm typing what you said. You said, "Go fuck yourself." So I'm writing, mm-hmm. go, "Go fuck, fuck yourself." It, right. Like, and then they're always like, "Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, you mean business." But the <laughs> the person I saw today was just, she was a trip, and uh, we had all but <laughs> they. She wanted something to eat, and it became a whole thing, and right. then she feigned like, uh, passing out like having a seizure almost, and I was like, listen, I have this little button I could press, and the ambulance could come, but it's Friday, and I really don't want to do that right
0: now. Wait, 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 wait. You have a button you could press? Yeah, and like it... a
1: panic button?
0: Sometimes. This is uh, awesome. This is,
1: uh, <laughs> awesome, really? Because when they give it to me, I'm like, oh, it's, the, it's one of those evals.
0: Oh, okay. All right, so... So let's back up a little bit here. So you you have a button that you could push, and as soon as you push it, an ambulance will come.
1: Ah, uh, the police.
0: Come. The police come. Yeah. But you, they only give you this button for certain Sometimes, people. Yeah. So now just the just <laughs> the act of receiving the button gives go,
1: oh man <laughs> that gives <laughs> yeah. you
0: the knowledge of what kind of yeah, at yeah. least interview you're gonna have to deal yeah. with. See, that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Or sometimes I'll be like, oh, you know what? It's 8 o'clock at night. I'm seeing this person. They're a crackhead. Maybe I should shake the panic button. Oh, well, they call it the panic button. Maybe mm-hmm. I should take the panic button with me. But today, I got walked up to security, and he was like, you need to wear this. And put the, the button around my neck. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, well, I don't want them to see me wearing it because, like, whatever. That'll just start a whole thing, and she'll think I'm, a, like, a wuss or whatever. But, um i mean i got her to like tell me it but she it was a day and it was like on the floor and i was like that floor is nasty get up she's like you she right. was laying on the floor laying on the floor hand over get, the head i mean drama-rama. just to try and to get food
0: just to get fed
1: mcdonald's she just wanted some mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, hey guess what she got mcdonald's yeah
0: well see if, if something and works Eat
1: it while i was taping and i was like do you know how hungry i am
0: yeah, let me get you don't one of those see fries, me laying but... on this
1: floor <laughs> this nasty floor to get a crunch wrap.
0: <laughs> How oh, um, have you ever used the panic button? I need to know this.
1: Um, uh, I've never used the panic button. I'm trying to think. There was one time I might have. I'm like, um,
0: just kind of fondling no. it with <laughs> <would have> <laughs> There
1: was one time I might Say one more thing. Have say been like, th- you look at me like that one more time? Um, no, I've called the police. Like, I've had to, like, had a little bit of police intervention. Really? But, yeah. Um, I guess because I tend to, I'm a supervisor at my job, even though I'm like little in stature, I tend to be a little bit more aggressive with people when they're aggressive with some of the people I supervise or some of the other clinicians. So if there's a problem, I usually like will try to handle it for them. So, um, I've definitely had to be like, all right, you know what? It's time to call the police. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Um, but I don't think I've used the panic button. There was—I've uh, been doing this for nine years. I evaluate three to four people a week, so I've done thousands yeah, of evaluations. Right. And there was maybe three times where I felt like in danger. In uh, actual that's the danger. next question
0: I was going to ask. Like, yeah. have you ever felt physically uh, like you're in danger?
1: Just uh, like a handful of times, and they were.
0: Were they men or they women? They were
1: two men. I don't think one was – two one man that I was like – he was really violent and I agreed to see him at night because he worked and whatever. And I had only been working like three years in the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, I laughed Like I finished seeing him and I left. And I had interviewed his kids who told me a lot of bad stuff about him. So mm-hmm. when I saw him and I left, I was like, oh, like he could just be in this parking lot. And I was like, uh, I called someone to come because I was like, I feel really unsafe. Like I don't want him following me. He was really crazy. So um, did you
0: feel intimidated during the interview?
1: No, not really. Not until like the end when he started to admit some of the things he did. And sometimes people that Criminal I talked to. Criminal activities. Yeah. Violent yeah.
0: things. Mm-hmm. Like some
1: of the, the people I talked to will, uh, I get them to tell me the bad things that they did right. and sometimes that can give you a little bit of an unsafe feeling or yeah, especially, especially if I'm doing like a psychosexual evaluation and the person is telling me things that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a
0: male talking about sexual, maybe yeah. violent sexual acts yeah. towards a woman.
1: Or even just people. Like I had a guy like explain to me his whole process of how he picked his victims and like what he did mm-hmm. and where he would hide and how he would like... First, just like steal their cell phone and like put it somewhere so that they would have. Like he would like plan it out like the night, wow. like you know, like oh my cell phone's missing, and then like that was his plan to like the next time have like twenty minutes later he knew yeah, that girl right. didn't have a cell phone anymore.
0: Right, right, right. So right, like right. it
1: was really, and that's when I was like, oh, like wow, that you put a lot, you put as much thought into your work as right. I put into yeah. mine. Yeah. So that's pretty dangerous, but.
0: Is there ever is there ever a uh, uh, like when like it, so if that does happen I know it's only happened a, a handful of times but when that does happen is it hard to like to continue like towing that professional line Do you get like th- th- does like nerves come into it Do you start freaking out a little bit no, or are you just it's like you just like plow an ahead? Adrenaline
1: thing yeah. that just kind of takes over and you're like. Like, there's a purpose for what I do, and that's what a lot of people say. Like, how do you hear these stories about kids and whatever? And it's like, because if I don't hear it, maybe the person that can't handle it won't be able to hear it. Right. So, like, I can handle it. Let me hear it. Let me finish it through. And it's the same thing with, like, if I'm getting this guy to tell me all that, he forgot that I'm telling someone else all that. Right. You know, so it's like, I know I have that person in a position where... They think they're in a state where they're they're back reliving their experience, so they're like back almost offending, like Mm -hmm. they're getting that excitement from it again. And I'm just listening, but then I get to tell the judge,
0: yeah, all of this stuff. So you can almost make them feel like you're their friend,
1: yeah, and that they can confide in you.
0: But then you're always going to be on the side of the prosecution. And I
1: tell them that, and I will remind them sometimes, like you know, I'm like writing everything that you say down and. You know, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like not a trick, but it's a skill. It's like an interviewing skill. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm obsessed with Howard Stern. Right. Right. So like, I'll listen to him all day. I think he's interesting. But his interview technique, the way he gets people to talk, and if anyone listens to him, you'll hear a lot of his guests will say, I don't know why I'm saying this to you. Right. And when someone says that to me, I know I got them. Yeah. And then I know I could get them to tell me anything.
0: Yeah, Mark Maron's. I don't know. Do you listen to Maron's podcast at all? No. WTF! It's like the biggest podcast in the world. But oh, he's sorry. no. But he's <laughs> he's the same way. He's he. Uh, it's fascinating to me mm-hmm. to listen to it because he brings these people on, and then it's almost like. He set up something very early in his podcasting career, where this is the place where people come to open up, and now people just come on there, yeah, and they, without even any sort of nudging, they just open up open because up. this is the place to open up, and it's th- but that. But he
1: knows what to do; it's a skill.
0: It's yeah, but it's it's very it's it's a fascinating thing to be able to get to. I think if you could get to a point in your life where where if you're talking to somebody, uh, they immediately feel comfortable enough to confide things in you yeah then i think you're at a pretty good stature in your life where you know like yeah. like i i i i want to get to that point you know well,
1: that's why i tell people i work in a bank because it also in my real life people come up and talk to me and then it's like 10 minutes later i'm in the corner of the bar talking to some chick who's like, like evaluating to, and i'm like oh my god i was just coming in a water and it's like it's just pretty pervasive, like it's. But I know that that's my natural ability to get people to talk to me, right? In a way that they feel like I can relate to them, or whatever it is that right. makes them keep talking. It definitely
0: works. I think the thing with people is, uh, is that I think everybody. Is just kind of trying is kind of crying out for somebody to listen to them. Yeah, and and there's so many people that in the in the world that you think you know oh they're married or they have children or they they have parents or they have siblings or whatever their situation may be, their social situation may be, and you think that they have people to talk to. Yeah, but I think a lot of people don't, and a lot of people feel like it, it, they feel more comfortable maybe even saying these things to a stranger yeah. than people in their life because. The judgment of a stranger doesn't yeah. matter as much as the people in their life. Well,
1: and it just takes time. Like, it takes time. It takes certain, like, breaks and pauses. And, you know, um, I no matter what someone is coming in to see me for, they, it could be the most heinous thing. I don't treat them differently from the start. Mm-hmm. I offer – I say hello. I introduce myself. I offer them if they want something to drink while they're waiting, like – that doesn't change. So I think that that's comforting for people too. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I mean, I don't know what it is that gets people to say crazy, but people. I walk out of there sometimes, and wanna, I'm like, "Holy shit!"
0: People want to say can't shit. Believe it. It's people like it's say it's things. like yeah. like you know like criminals want to get caught a lot of times, yeah. You know, and, and well, and
1: a lot of the antisocials want to tell you how smart they are,
0: right? Yeah, they want yeah, it's an yeah. ego thing. They want to prove what's going yeah. on and stuff. It's it's it, it uh, it's overly fascinating to me.
1: I mean, I think that's pretty much the bottom line for me is figuring out someone's ego from the. Start. Start. like what drives them right do they uh what reactions do they are they reacting to me when i'm reacting to them and right. then it's just kind of like a like a game from there like okay i see what interests you so that's what i'm gonna keep asking about and maybe i'll talk to you for 10 minutes about something that i have no interest in at all but i know that that's gonna get you to tell me something else so
0: so do you have like are uh, do you have a way to identify like ego. Is that like part of it? Yeah. Cause ego is such a fascinating thing (laughs) to me. Uh, you know, in my own ego, in other people's ego, like I, I, I'm really, I'm really trying hard to like, kind of like, yeah. Like when I talk to people, and they're saying things to me. I'm trying to figure out yeah, yeah, yeah. is this coming from <laughs> Yeah, their, what are their motives? Like, right. Where, where this is coming from. The drive. So so you you have a way to to kind of pick that up. I out. mean I
1: think that ego is like which again goes back to Freud and Young is mm-hmm. big on ego too, but it's uh
0: Well Freud believed that So Freud So what was it with Freud with the superego? So the
1: superego is like the court, like right. the superior Yeah. They're the governing ruling of you.
0: Right. You almost don't have control over right. the superhero. And the
1: it is just the opposite, right. which is that's just like the fool that right. you all your desires and everything that you want to do. And then the ego mediates between the two.
0: Okay. So, but Freud believed that the superego was a positive thing. Yeah. Well,
1: he believes that the superego is like your subconscious. And right. That and, and that
0: you don't have any control over. And those that. are
1: your drives, right? right? And that's what really is driving you, but you can't. Act on all those impulses, but they're important that they're there,
0: right, yeah, and modern psychologists would would uh would say a, a, a lot that I've read that the superego is actually the opposite of that. it's actually a negative force within your body that pops up whenever you whenever you're trying to do something maybe new or scary. It's the superego that kind of pops up and tells you that you're not going to be good at that, you shouldn't take that chance like uh-huh. that kind of thing right hmm. that- I, I'm not yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess I've always looked at the super ego as kind of like the devil on your shoulder. Right. And then... So,
0: like, telling you to get to, to Yeah, just kind chance.
1: of like the hedonistic part of you where right. it's like, you could do anything. You should do this. You deserve to do this. Like, right, right. This is what is best for you or this is what you want. That's where he thought all your really crazy desires were right. um, sitting. So, like, recognizing that you have all those things, then you have... The middle, the ego, that kind of is like, all right, well, you could do that, but you should also do this, right? Or you should do that, and then you should say you're sorry.
0: Okay, <laughs> Something fair like enough. That. Yeah, it's it, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's, cra- it's crazy that you have. I've been I've been doing, uh, and I've talked about it on here or whatever, but I, but I, like I've been meditating for well o- for a while now, and and you start, you literally start to. Uh, start being able to identify those voices inside of you.
1: Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So when you're meditating, are you doing, like, transcendental meditation? Or are you doing TM? Are you just doing, like...
0: I do a form of TM. Okay. Um, I, 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 I try to adhere to the rules of TM where... I basically, uh, I, I will do it twice a day and for around 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Sometimes if I feel better, uh, uh, no, go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> you can crack that, crack it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes if I feel better, like uh, on the days that I do yoga, yeah. I will, I will, uh, a lot of times I'll meditate for longer, like 45 minutes to an hour afterwards, because I'm already Hmm. in that state. And I can really get into a meditative thing.
1: That's like really hard for me.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's uh, uh, what people think about meditation is that you sit down and you shut off your thoughts and you sit there but that's not what meditation is Well that's is.
1: what people think about yoga they're like right. I can't be quiet I can't like zone out long enough for that but it's more concentration than anything else I've ever done
0: Right meditation is more taxing on my brain than anything uh, Yeah because absolutely. because you you're actually you're actually you're looking at a third party at your thoughts. So instead of letting your thoughts be what fuel you, so like the fear or the anxiety or anything that pops up, like these things will pop up, but then your job is to look at them as a third party and then let them pass. And that's a a lot harder to do than anything.
1: you were talking about a couple of podcasts ago about um, lucid dreaming. Yes. Which is really similar, I think, from what I understand. I've been trying to figure it out. Because um, I definitely am really into the dreams right. and Jung and Freud and his aspects on them and both of their thoughts on them in the school. I, I've always been really interested in that since right. like high school, but um, I now every there's a lot of stuff about this lucid dreaming. Yes. It seems very similar to meditation to me. Um,
0: I yeah, I guess it could be. You know, I don't. I it, I I toe a fine line <laughs> with the lucid dreaming because I think that I've done it.
1: I do it all the time. Once I read about it, I was like, "Oh, I do that all the time."
0: Okay, so I think I do. Go go ahead.
1: (laughs) Well, I think I do.
0: We finally we finally got to dream. This whole thing was (laughs) about. I was
1: like, "I want to come talk about dreams." I know,
0: I know. We still have time. We could fine. We're going to talk about dreams now. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Well, so like the lucid dreaming when I started to read about it, because when I thought about it at first, I was like, "Oh, that just means kind of like trying to control what's happening in your dreams." Right. It's really not. It's like being aware. So basically a lucid dream just means you're somewhat conscious of the fact that you're, you're dreaming. You're dreaming, right? Right. That happens to me often. Mm-hmm. So like I I don't sleep well, so I think that I rem a lot mm-hmm. throughout the night. Um okay. where I'll wake up right after my rem. So like or during it. So I think I'm always kind of partially still in a dream when I wake up. Okay. Cuz I wake up like 6 times a night. Okay. So I think that's where I'm lucid dreaming. And I know that I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, I know I'm dreaming. I don't want this dream to end this way. Mm -hmm. I want to do this instead. And I know I'm dreaming. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of am like, all right, don't do that. Do something else.
0: So in your dream, you're aware of the fact that you're dreaming. totally. And then at that point, you might not be – yeah, because I think I
1: just wanted to go in a different direction. Not that I say I want you to do this instead of that. I'm like, just stop doing that.
0: Right. And it goes. I think what a lot of people think lucid dreaming is, and it might be for some people, I don't know. I haven't reached this point yet. Mm. But I think what a lot of people think lucid dreaming is, is that you fall asleep, you start having a dream, and then you're in the dream and you say, I recognize the fact that I'm dreaming, and then all of a sudden you shoot up into the air like the end of the matrix and start (laughs) flying around, and then there's like two naked girls and shit. (laughs) Yeah, you make
1: all your wild. Yeah, right. And and, and
0: then and then but and you feel it physically because you know, like the way that you would in real life, and then and it's almost like living out—I mean, technically living out a dream—but that's right. not that that what you're saying is more like, akin to the what I feel. And
1: then I was like uh, reading about it and listening to some podcasts about it this week, and I was thinking about it. And one of the lady was saying, like, you know, I saw this flower and it was yellow, and in my dream I was like, I don't want that flower to be yellow. Mm-hmm. And then she turned around and turned back, and it was pink. Right. But it wasn't like I want that flower to be pink. It was just like I don't want that to be yellow right
0: so Uh, you know what that's yes i could say that that has actually happened to me yeah and
1: that clicked with me i was like oh that's exactly what happens when i dream
0: and every time that i think that i've done a like i've had a lucid dream it normally happens to me this way is i normally wake up at at like uh early so like you know i i don't work very much (laughs) and uh and and so i i'll normally sleep till like 10 right yeah and uh I, but a lot of times i 'll wake up around seven seven thirty eight o'clock and have to to go take a piss and i but I wake up in a groggy state mm-hmm. and i go and I go to the bathroom and then I come back and I know that i 'm going to fall asleep for another two hours another two and a half hours and while i 'm sleep while i 'm passing out i 'm already in like kind of a a, a weird state between the two. Dimensions, if you want to call them <laughs> totally that, totally relating to where okay. right now. So, yeah. so then I, 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 nowadays, what I'll do is I'll, I'll say to myself, "You're, you're going to." Because number one, th- the other thing is whether you're interested in lucid dreaming or not. Whenever you wake up and then go back to sleep, that's yeah. when the craziest yeah. dreams happen. Well,
1: even I wake up to go pee in the middle of the night. I'm at. I sit down and I'm like, I can't wait to. F- finish whatever's happening. Yeah. Like, I'm like, stay in this. Cause you're Have you ever had like a dream? A yeah. Yeah. And you're like, this is a good state to fall back asleep and be aware of what is happening. Right. And I mean, for me, from the kind of job I do, and I work with a lot of trauma victims, um, REM sleep is the most important Part of our lives because it processes everything that happens to you during the day. Right from the time when you're an infant, you REM eighty percent of your sleep, and when you're an adult, you REM twenty percent. Okay. So it's like shows like science shows that like that's scientific data that your REM when you're a baby you REM so much because there's so much data coming right, your way, right? So much stuff you need to process that. um when you're an adult, you're only processing really 20% of your day. So that's like a little bit of things that happen that you need to process. Right. But when you have trauma, um, it blo- it blocks the processing ability. So that's why people have nightmares, okay. um, recurrent nightmares, because they haven't processed it. So it's like kind of like a, something happens. It sits in the front of your brain. You go to sleep and you REM and it travels to the back of your brain. It kind of like... Gets jumbled around and gets put into the part of your brain where it belongs. So okay. it's right. like even just a memory like a little kid uh, sees a dog for the first time. And it's like, oh, when they go to sleep, it's like, oh, I saw that animal, it was furry. It was friendly and it goes oh, to the part of that brain.
0: I get it. So you, you're processing new information. Yeah. And then when you're sleeping, your your brain is making sense of that information. So yeah. therefore, your you're REM feeling is that information. sorting it
1: all out. That and makes a lot of sense. When you have your dreams, it's kind of like all the weird things that are being processed are kind of all... That's why people that have really bad trauma, their dreams are always nightmares. It's because they're... REM reprocessing is to that, process that that trauma. Um, and there's types of therapy that you could do. That one that I'm like kind of working on, or like getting involved in working on, it's uh EMDR and it's eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And you basically make people REM while they're awake. So because- what? I want to do that. <laughs> what I want to do
0: that right now.
1: <laughs> no, I can't do it. It's like a trick. I feel okay. like a magician when I do really? it. Really? Yeah. So I feel you like know how to make people do it? Yeah. It's a therapy technique that I'm like learning and I'm trying to like, uh,
0: I look when you, when you. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. But when you finally... Like, no, I
1: can't do it with any of my friends. Why? Because it's crazy.
0: I don't care. <laughs> it's I, crazy. I, I am a will... I'll sign I'll sign a contract. But that's when
1: I really also got back really into the dream stuff because right. it shows you... It really, what it does is replicates REM while you're awake. So when you REM, your eyes move back and forth, right? right. Um. So when you do EMDR, that's what you do is you have them follow your finger uh-huh. or some therapists have lights or you make them tap. It's all about bilateral stimulation. So they tap, like, bilaterally, or walking is even, like, you know, if people go for walks and or runs. You think about a lot of stuff. Sure,
0: yeah. It's it puts your, your mind in a state. Yeah. Your
1: brain is telling the same thing, like, At, shaman work with the drums.
0: That's a meditative state.
1: Put your mind in a state. Right. It's all about bilateral movement. Right. So this therapy, someone very smart was like, hey, why don't we do make people get into this state while they're awake? And, um... They say one session of EMDR is equal to like fifteen psychotherapy sessions of just really? talking, because you're making them process it all like they do in REM. So it's really cool. It's really so you're
0: on, you're basically unlocking uh, parts of your brain that you can't you can't unlock in consciousness.
1: Yeah. While exactly. you're conscious. And and that's what it is. That's, you have a, oh you have a target and you say to the client, like, okay, say someone's afraid of public speaking. So you say, Okay, today our target is gonna be public speaking and your fear of it. So tell me about a time that you spoke in public. Follow my 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 finger, and you do these eye movements and they just start talking and it's just like, just talk. And then I've done it with one of my clients, um, and she at some point was like I don't know why I'm saying all this. What's happening? Oh, I, I want to like, do this
0: so bad. It's really
1: cool and it really works, but it it just replicates REM, right? But you're conscious of it, so it's like dream journaling, like REMing, right? Having a dream, writing it down, and then picking it apart and processing it is the same thing
0: but it's but uh, yeah but i mean that's also if you're sitting there and it's kind of real time uh, because because i i feel because i write i write dreams down when i wake up and a dream is vivid i try to write down as much of it as it is possible but i always feel like i'm i i've already just in the process of waking up have already lost yeah. so much of or, it. or
1: like during the middle of the day something happens and you're like Bam, you remember your dream. Yeah, right. It shoots and you right back to, to it. Me all the
0: time. Well, that's what the, – the episode that, uh, that, that you, you texted me about and said I would like to talk to you guys, it was when me and Richie were talking about dreams. And one of the things that I brought up in that episode, which is fascinating to me, is the concept of deja vu. And, and, and I believe I, – <laughs> I, I, I really believe that deja vu is you experiencing something that you've already dreamt about. Uh, that it it, it makes it, it like I feel it when it happens yeah. to me.
1: Well, and to go further with that, like so, Young says that when we déjà vu, um, it's an experience that we've experienced in a past life.
0: Right. Um, well, yeah. Maybe
1: with different people. So, like, maybe you feel like, oh, I was standing here talking to this person another time. I remember this, but like Young says, like that déjà vu is your past life experiences right. or even he thinks like your dreams are your ancestors right putting I believe their memories in like your past lives and their memories into your subconscious okay so he thinks that your deja vu is something that maybe you haven't experienced it but like one of your ancestors has and they're putting that okay into your brain okay he was like very mystical yeah. some people think maybe he had a little psychotic break yeah <laughs> cuz he also yeah, like so people he yeah. talked to and like He had a lot of weird stuff, but he was big into, like, deja vu and that this is something that definitely happened to you before in a time when you weren't conscious of it. Right. And he thought that your dreams could predict things that would happen in the future.
0: Right. Yeah, and I I, I subscribe to that 100%. Yeah. Because there's been times in my life where I've had deja vu and I knew for a fact that I that that came from a dream that I already had. Like I mm-hmm. I remembered the dream, and and so the, the the experience of the deja deja vu wasn't holy shit. This is that weird feeling where you get yeah. where you're like holy shit. I've this has happened before. before. Yeah. The experience of the deja vu was I'm now experiencing a what dream. I dreamt about. Yeah. You well, know, yeah, it's fucking nuts, <laughs> yeah. right? And and I and I do and the only you know I'm not I'm not a religious guy I I try to be a spiritual spiritual person Um, but I I think that dreams are kind of gateways to other either lives that we've led or dimensions that are possible that we could live in Um, because because again on that last episode when I was talking to uh, about it with Richie is like I I have these reoccurring dreams where I go to these places that I've never seen physically in the physical world that I've never seen, but I go to these places and, and they're familiar places to me. I know the, uh, the lay of the land. I know, uh, I know the structures and everything. And it happens to me, you know, over and over again. There's
1: like a couple of schools of thought and on, and I'm in no way an expert on dreams, but I've, I'm very interested in them and I've talked a lot about them with, other colleagues of mine. And there's like two really big schools of thought. And that is one, one is that everything in person in your dream is a representation of something else. Right. Um, so that, right, a place that you've been feels familiar because it's actually another place. Okay. Um, or the other school of thought being that these are all your subconscious repressed desires, memories, right. Which is still the same thing. Like there are memories that you repressed, but they were there i tend to think for me um because i'm a vivid dreamer i remember a lot of my dreams um i get the symbolism in them right is that for me i think everything's very symbolic in my dreams so like something happens and i'm like oh that totally relates to this or right. even for example like thinking about coming in for this podcast like obviously i was trying to be a little more alert of my dreams and um Like, last night I was going to sleep. A friend of mine is having, like, some relationship difficulties, whatever. And I woke up. Aren't we all? Oh, yeah. Not me? Oh, yeah. You're good. Oh, that was nice of me, right? Yeah, it was nice. (laughs) uh,
0: I hope he's happy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I was reading. uh, I woke up, and I had a text on my phone. It was from my friend. And they were like, are you awake? And, like, I wasn't, but I was. But I was kind of like, I'm really tired, and I'm sleeping. Like, no, at this point I'm not awake. And it was, like, way after they texted me. And then immediately when I went to sleep, I dreamt about not responding to that person's text. Really? Like, what happened next? See, that... I'm a very, like...
0: Like, front of mind, kind of... Like, I
1: process my shit in my dreams.
0: See, that very... That's another thing, is that very rarely... It's happened sometimes, but that very rarely happens to me, where... Whatever whatever stimulus I'm taking in while I'm falling asleep becomes the dream. I know that that's like what happens in television shows and movies. You fall asleep watching that's something me. or whatever, and then all of a sudden that you're becomes your that, dream. Yeah, that's me. See that very like, rarely happens to me. Tonight
1: I was going to help my friend decorate her apartment. Whatever. I dreamt about that last night. Like really? I, yeah. I'm just a very. Um, I don't know if it's like. So
0: you're probably you're probably closer. To the ability to lucid dream that I am. Because I think
1: that I fall asleep thinking about my day. I dream about work a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I have crazy dreams. Sometimes I wake up (laughs) and I'm like, I have no idea why that happened. But I remember most of my dreams and most of them are pretty much like, I have a really crazy job sometimes. So sometimes I'll reconcile what happened in my dreams. Right. Um, I... Of course, everybody – I always have that dream that I'm back in college and I – it's always math. Yes. I didn't take a math test and they told me that I didn't – my degree actually doesn't count. And I'm like, but I got two master's degrees after that degree. What do you mean? (laughs) And they're like, nope, you have to go back to Ramapo and take that math class. And I'm like, I can't add. So in
0: in your college dream, because I I don't think I've talked to anybody – that it's graduated college. And I'm sure it's high school, too. I don't think that I've talked to anybody that does not have those dreams. Everyone does. So what is so universal about that dream? So
1: they call them, I mean, from the like stuff that I've kind of looked at, they call them myth dreams. So that's like a myth that you've kind of created through your anxieties mm-hmm. about. Um, and, th- I mean, it makes sense to me. So, like, your, my biggest anxiety in college was math. Okay. And it was the only class I ever got less than like a B in. Okay. And, um,
0: all right, sweet bragging. <laughs> I'm like,
1: well, you know, I'm really smart. So it was just really hard for me. I was terrible at math. I had to take like resource math and co- I just couldn't even. The yeah. teacher finally was like, I get that you're smart. If you just come here, I'll give you a C. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah. And I was just so bad at it. So I think that when I have that dream back, it's like, we know she gave you that C. Like, oh, so you, you, you think it it's over. your
0: subconscious still questioning, like, the fact yeah, that and you,
1: maybe it's like, oh, I think I'm doing really well, but I'm yeah. still not good enough because I can't. Some sort do that. of insecurity. Yeah. Yeah, 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 see,
0: my my college dream is is the same thing every time, and I and 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 I could now that I'm even thinking about it, I could I could vividly see it. Yeah, I'm I'm in a uh, I'm in something that's more. It's not a college kind of place. It's more of a, a high school. Whereas I'm walking through a hall with with lockers and stuff like that. But I know I know that I'm in college, and there is a class that I have never gone to mm-hmm. and it's the end of the semester <laughs> and I've never once been there and it's the finals yeah. and and uh and I don't even know physically where the class is so I'm wandering the halls afraid of i've never looked at my thing you know what i see I you what I'm saying? i'm of
1: those two where it's like there's a class you never went to yeah
0: never went to yeah right i have that dream once every three months yeah. and, and i've been out of, i graduated college in 2003 so it's been 13 do, years so
1: i guess like from a um psychoanalytical point i would say like do you know what what kind of class is it
0: It's a – you know what? That's a very interesting question because right off the bat, I wanted to say that it was a math class, but I don't believe that it is. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I think it's some sort of social studies class. That's that's what – saying that is what makes me feel (laughs) – I feel like it's some sort of like history or social studies class, which would make sense because that is something – uh, especially when I was younger That I could care the least about Yeah, Like history and social studies to me Was always like who gives a fuck What these dudes <laughs> yeah. did Now that I'm older I'm fascinated by yeah, it But yeah. back then I didn't So maybe that makes sense
1: Yeah I think that that's like the things With the, the dreams is like You know some people dream And they're like that's crazy I'm always like why did i think that where did that come from but i do that in my everyday, all day life anyway so i think i just carry that on in my dreams so i'm a big like processor in my dreams when i go to sleep like i'm still i'm always thinking because i'm anxious and i think that that's an anxious thing right is that you're continuing to kind of like fix it and make things better so like your dream in college is like oh okay well this is where i was lacking and someone's calling me out on it and it's just kind of like i mean i would just write that down a lot and -hmm. if you could lucid dream about that and maybe get a little more
0: so what are understanding what are your well yeah you know what that dream it i would like my reoccurring dreams i've never been able to like reach any sort of lucid dreaming in because my reoccurring dreams i think they come they come from a very uh, like a deep place where where what what like in the night when i've been asleeping. the only uh sleeping like what the fuck does <laughs> when that I mean been <laughs> i just turned fucking spanish really <laughs> when i've been asleeping. Uh, now you're italian. Uh, now I'm italian same thing
1: it's a mario uh, it's me <laughs> um
0: the, but but the time that I've been able to to however successful or not lucid dream like I said has always been the thing where I've woken up and then going back have gone back to sleep mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to go back into a dream thing and uh, but what what I wanted to say before about that was that I've never I, the lucid dreaming to me has always kind of been a little disappointing <laughs> because it almost feels like you're you're teetering on the brink of. Like, do you know that, you know that feeling where you kind of, you're, you're, you're asleep, but you're awake. And then you're also experiencing a dream, but you also are awake. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, and that's, that's the extent of my lucid dreaming where I've been able to control my dreams, but it almost feels like it was just me controlling my thoughts, but it was weird enough. For me to... Like, the situation was deep enough where that I was... It was more than just me daydreaming. Right,
1: because you would have totally taken yourself out of that situation. Right. That's the way I look at it. I When I was learning, trying to learn about lucid dreams was that, oh, I... If I didn't want to be in that situation, if I was in control, I would have taken myself out of it. Right. But I wasn't in control. I was just trying to figure out what was happening around me. Right. So, like, my other recurring dream that i do think i've lucid dreamed about because i just think i scare myself i think it's more of a nightmare and i kind of scare myself into saying like you're awake this is a dream it's the same dream you've had since i was little it's probably the first dream i've ever had and it's like um you know i love the beach i'm always at the beach but a I, beach girl. i'm you a beach girl but i always have had this dream since i was a kid that i'm in point pleasant i know it's point pleasant not because there's anything like I just know it's Point Pleasant. You just like, feel it. I know it's Point Pleasant. My aunt had a house there when I was little, so I f- well, she still does, but I've gone there since I was little, so I feel like maybe that's why it's familiar to me.
0: Mm-hmm. But I know scenic Point Pleasant in New Jersey, by the way, for all the listeners who, who oh, don't yes. answer the guy. beautiful yes. Point of Pleasant, yes,
1: Point Pleasant Beach, and right. I know it's I know it's Point Pleasant, but I'm at the beach and we're on these bleachers. At the beach, which doesn't exist. And then there's, like, a tidal wave. And, like, I never even knew what a tsunami was in my entire life. But to me, it was always like, oh, shit, that's a tidal wave. And it was just such a big wave. And I could watch it coming. Watch it for, like, a while in my dream. But was terrified.
0: Knowing that it's coming to encompass you. Like, and it's then, going to take and you And then over. when you turn
1: around from the bleachers, it's just a flat wall. So there's, like, nowhere, nowhere to go. out. Yeah. Oh. But nothing... <laughs>
0: dude i know that dream i've had that dream but nothing
1: happens nothing bad i i mean it's terrifying and i wake myself up from it and i still am kind of like maybe i don't lucid dream it maybe i don't finish it maybe i just wake up from it and i haven't had it in a while but i had it enough in my lifetime Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: i can when i talk about it i feel like i'm having it like it is so terrifying of a dream that. And it's the only night... I don't have nightmares. I don't... Well, I- sometimes I have a nightmare. But that dream, I always have. And when it starts... I know I'm dreaming and I'm like, oh shit.
0: Because you know the familia, yeah, familiarity the area. of the dream. It's
1: like Beetlejuice. Right. <laughs> when they go out into the sand and she's like, oh shit, I'm here again. Like, how yeah, I yeah. get here? It feels just like, wake up, wake up, wake up, and you can't.
0: I think that's the key to lucid dreaming uh, uh, that is, is bec- like the reoccurring dreams. You have that familiar- familiarity yeah. when, when it starts. So like there's that feeling, there's a feeling of that, but you can never grasp onto it and then it disappears and then you, you go through the same, the same motions and the same things happen and then you you might remember when you wake up or you might not remember when you wake up, but... If you were able to get to the point where you could say, "Okay, now I'm in this Beetlejuice dream. This is what happens next," I think that's when you could break the whole fucking thing open. Yeah, up yeah. And that's what's fascinating to me because yeah, it's
1: really crazy.
0: Because I feel like at that point, and I know you might not subscribe to the dimensions thing, and that's even a little out there for me. But but and i, I you know, what I'm just not describing it correctly. I say other dimensions. But I don't mean it in like the mystical sense, like, right? Right. right. You, know? you don't
1: mean like Homer Simpson floating in like the cubes where his body yeah. parts start to come off, You're right. just Meaning like other realities, right? That are right happen before or happen after,
0: right? And, yeah. and and if you can control those realities whether those realities are just in your mind or they're actually real realities doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Right, 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 right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. The dreams are really interesting to me and it, definitely like with the anxiety and the uh insomnia and things that people talk about and like dreams just always at, at the end of the day, I think that anyone can understand that you, even when people say like, Oh, I don't dream. A lot of people say I don't dream. Like yeah. there's just, to me, that's a block. You're blocking sure. something that you're not ready to look at because for me, I feel like dreams are something that you wake up thinking about. I go to sleep thinking about them. I wake up thinking about them. Yeah. And they help me like process. My, but maybe that's just because I'm a big processor.
0: No, but I think I think I think anybody who doesn't dream and I've also heard people say that and when people say that to me, I'm just kind of like, all right, what's you know, like, what's, up what's with r- that? yeah, what's yeah, wrong yeah. with that? But but you're right. That might be a that might be like a, a fucking kink in the hose. Mm-hmm. That at some point that kink's going to come undone, and then the, all that backflow is going to rush out, and you know, and and you're going to experience some like crazy.
1: Yeah, like I'm upset when I don't dream when I wake yeah. up, and I'm like, man, I didn't have a dream. Yeah, life. right. Like, I like to think about what happened, and like, because I guess for me it's all relative. Like I subscribe to the notion that. Everything in your dream is symbolic of something else. Mm -hmm. So even when you're like, oh, I had a dream about Devin. It may not be Devin. Right. It's You're the – but who else do you remind me of? Right. Who else – what were you doing that made me think of someone else? Maybe it's about my brother. Maybe it's about my dad. Like, It's just you're the figure that my brain put in front of me to be familiar with and calm with. But that's not what it's about.
0: Well, how about this, and we got to get going in a second, but how about this, which is another fascinating thing to me, is that do you see faces in your dreams?
1: You know, I was thinking about this. I see faces, but there's never kids in my dreams.
0: Yeah. You know what? That's weird. They're I, all I've, adults. But, okay, so you have a dream and you see somebody's face and you know that it's that person because I don't. Yes, really? Yes, yeah. I, that has never but happened Do you to me. see
1: your face or, no. or do you see out of your eyes?
0: I, I don't well, – Do you see
1: it like you're watching TV or do you see it like you're – No, reading? no. I
0: see it out of my eye. I see it uh, first person. See, I
1: don't know if and I do. I try to remember that all the time and I never – For
0: the most part, I see it first person. But also, you don't know because when you're trying to recreate the dream when you wake up, you might that might just be your brain your looking at it yeah, that way. Yeah, like right. just
1: fixing it for you to be able to make sense of it.
0: Right. But my thing that's never happened to me is I I know that people are – or who were they supposed to be in my dream like i i feel their essence uh, but, you but i've seen never that. seen a face hmm. no, I, I, I i will see never faces. see a face in my dream
1: i see faces but i never think that that means that that's who i'm dreaming about but right. no I, I always see people And sometimes, but never kids i think that's really interesting my nephews i never yeah right yeah i've, I've been, never, I've I've never dreamt never about kids my, niece. In my niece
0: that's yeah that's that's a weird. now I just of that now today. that i'm cognizant of that i'm yeah, going to start really me looking too. for that <laughs> but but also another thing have you ever had somebody change in your dream
1: Oh yeah,
0: well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like you start a dream, and and the person that you're with is somebody, oh, yeah. and then yeah, and yeah. then by the end of the dream, there's somebody else. Somebody else. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't ever see their face like like fucking John Change. Travolta, and right, Nick right. Cage. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Off. Like I think yeah. I think when you think about dreams, it's more the like there's more an essence you or an aura right. of a like, person. Like when I
1: wake up, I'm assigning the face to the person yeah. that I was thinking of. Right? But, like it may not have in been. your dream. I
0: don't think you get it. <sighs> Think about that. I'm going to think about it. You know what? This has been a fascinating kind thing. <laughs> I hope so. Me and you need to continue this. Maybe me and you need to do our own podcast. Like <laughs> like once a month we'll get together Just and we'll about, talk dreams. Just about like all this
1: weird shit. I'm yeah.
0: serious. That would be awesome. Well, look. Thank you, Stephanie, for filling in for Richie. It's sure, been a anytime. lot of fun. and you're. And I you, wish
1: he was here. I'd like to hear what he had well, to say Well, you this, know, so. when I
0: told him, when I told him, because I saw him today, we don't need to get in that, but when I told him <laughs> that you were going to come in, he that's the first thing you said. He's like, I want to talk about dreams. Like you <laughs> fucking. You, so we'll do I'll this again back. with yeah, Richie. Yeah, yeah, yeah or whatever but definitely uh, Thank you so much for filling in. And, cool, uh, thanks for having me. I miss your taste and you see Yeah, jive to course. it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to the All Good Five podcast. If you go on iTunes and you leave a review, uh, once we have 100 reviews, we're going to throw a party and you're going to be invited. And we'll talk about dreams and uh, the ego and the id and the superego and, uh... Have
1: you make really cute faces when you play you these sound bites. like you shrug your shoulders and you're like, yeah. adorable. <laughs>
0: not, that's not the fourth <laughs> wall I went broken down. <laughs> it's
1: really funny.
0: Thank you. Um... Kiss Otherwise we'll be back on Tuesday And Richie will be yes. here And we'll find out all the shit that's gone down this week And thank you again Stephanie Any last words?
1: Nope, just everyone think of your dreams tonight And then take all the crazy shit we said And try to apply it There you go <laughs>
0: We'll see you in a future days. Wrapped in paper
1: inside glass My eyes were red when you were here But now you're not in are clear my dear Hey lover,
0: where?